Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. This week on the V8 Insiders, we look at the best of 2012 and speculate what 2013 might bring as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. I'm on holidays. I'm glad you could still listen to the show. We've got a great roundtable coming up. I'm hoping that the TV deal has been announced, but if not, well, when I get back from holidays, we'll talk all about it then. After the break, Andrew Clark and Andrew Hawkins wrap up 2012. This week on the Fujitsu Air White Flag Lap, we speak with Roland Dane, part two of that special interview. That's the news, brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out their entire line today. Might be a good after-Christmas present for you there at www.nobrac.com.au. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Speed TV, it is Andrew Hawkins. AJ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Great to be on. And uh, from VADX Magazine, it is Andrew Clark. Good evening, Clarky. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> yes. How are you? Not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. And fitting between Christmas and New Year, we have you both on because I'm going to ask you about your thoughts on 2012. Clarky, how did you see the last of the current car season? Um, how did I see it? Um, I thought it was an interesting battle for a while, and then at the end of the day, uh, the class uh, and, and competency of Triple Eight and its engineering team just came to the fore, and, uh, and that was it. The battle was all over. Um, I think perhaps more interesting to me are the ones who continued to fail rather than the ones who succeeded this year. 
Well, I'll go to AJ before we ask for your failures, because AJ, what did you think of this year? Well, I thought uh, 2012 was a, you know, it was a great season. Really, it came down to the two teams dominating Triple Eight, FPR. Um, you know, we had some great battles. You know, no one can really forget, you know, Barbagello, where you know FPR had that uh, that great one too, um, and the, you know, have the uh, Wing Cups, you know, have them off, and. Um, then Triple Eight kind of went on the uh, the mid-season winning streak, and in the end, the cream rose to the top, and the you know the the teams that um, kind of spend the most money always uh, seem to finish the year at the at the top. And who can forget the Reynolds Wing Cup ba- battle at Bathurst? I mean, that was an absolute corker. Was the Reynolds Wing Cup battle as good as the press conference afterwards? Oh look, I think it was. I think it was uh, well and truly on par. It would have been nice to see uh, Davy Reynolds follow through with the bet rather than uh, slightly change it or back out of it. But uh, that was look. The press conference was probably one of the most entertaining I've um, absolutely seen for for some time. Who was your failures there, Clarkie? Oh, if it doesn't start with HRT, there's something wrong in this world. I mean, how can a team with those resources, that many people and that, that much money continue to fail to the point where, you know, they're just also rams um, at best. And, you know, it's not just the races, it was qualifying. It wasn't just, you know, Courtney, it was Tander and Ingle. Yeah, it was across the board. And, uh, yeah, they've got a very serious lot of thinking to do over this summer. And they've got to hope that uh, Car of the Future saves their bacon. Otherwise, uh, you know, their, their spot as the number one Holden team in, I suppose it's already gone. But um, their ability to even retain that factory Holden backing must be getting pretty bloody slim if they keep going the way they are. With Ryan Walkinshaw taking over the business this year, Andrew, he has gone through a massive changes and it's going to be even even more change in 2013 forget about the car of the future just his his front room has yeah. just gone undergone a metamorphosis and that's one of the biggest factors in motorsport i mean stability um, breeds success you know the more stable you can keep your engineering lineup the the more stable you can keep your driver lineup uh, the better you are i mean you look at uh, at the big teams at the moment that are succeeding i mean triple eight obviously is your benchmark you know and and what do they do you know they have absolute stability and every so often instead of somebody leaving or having a tantrum and having an argument you know they bring on somebody else like a you know like a Adrian Burgess to add to the add to the show, so you know it's um you can't just keep chopping and changing your staff. You can't just keep this rolling revolving door of of top class engineers going. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you've really got to sit back and say to yourself, well, how do I keep these people, and how do I stop annoying people, and, and what do we do? AJ, you see so many different sports close up with uh, speed. Have you thought that? The teams that are languishing down the back, have you thought much about how they can move forward, knowing that the biggest upheaval has been created by the series itself? Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of, you know, the, the teams that are spending the most money will always be the quickest and will always, you know, get the best personnel, always get up the front. And and I agree with Andrew, you know, stability is absolutely the key. You have guys in there that know the cars, know the setups of the cars, and can continue to, um, you know, work on those cars and develop those cars, and the team can only go forwards. Do you think that the future of the series is going to be solid and closer with a new car? Or do you think that 
Team Vodafone slash Red Bull, which it'll be next week, is going to just be even further ahead because it has the personnel and the resources and it just does things properly every time. I think the, um, you know, Triple Eight team, they were the first with their car to get their car of the future on the track and tested. Um, I think that really speaks volumes with um, how they will go next year. Um, you know, FPR were the, were the next kind of cab off the rank, and, you know, they've done development. HRT, have, they, they've rolled out their car of the future, and no doubt they've done testing. I think next year you'll kind of see the first half of the year where there may be some surprises with some of the other teams getting who have, may have got their head around, you know, the car of the future, like BJR or GRM. Um, you know, maybe grabbing a race win here or there. I think at the end of the year it'll be a triple eight FPR battle again. I can't see anyone else really challenging those two. Do you see anyone stopping Team Red Bull, Andrew? Oh, look, I think FPR is a fairly good shot at uh, at doing something good next year. I mean, you know, if you look at their progression over the past few years, I mean, you know, we always used to joke that uh, they were the team that could find any new way known to mankind to lose a race, and. Uh, you know, last year they were pretty good. I mean, they, or sorry, this year even, depending on when, what day people are listening to this. But, uh, you know, they, they were good this season. And uh, yeah, if it hadn't been for Winterbottom's, you know, slightly sloppy starts at the start of the year, which um, kind of connected a bit to his ankle problems and a couple of other issues. And, you know, um, Will Davison getting uh, taken out, which he happened to take out uh, at... Um, Will Davison as well at Phillip Island, you know, a couple of small things could have made a big difference to the way that championship had panned out. And obviously, you know, I don't believe in luck in motorsport. I reckon you make your own luck. And uh, you know, Triple Eight have proven time and time and time again that uh, you know they're the ones who've got it all right. But I think FPR will be much closer this season. Uh, I think Car of the Future does open the door up a little bit. You know, you've now got um, ten years of, of engineering of the uh, of the blueprint cars all gone out the window, um, and we start again. Um, you know, I don't think any of the Nissan or the Mercedes operations will be uh, up and running at that sort of speed straight away. Um, but, you know, to me, I, you know, this year was all won by Triple Eight and FPR, and I don't see any reason why that will be different next year. I think you'll see pretty close to a clean sweep again. AJ, Mercedes and Nissan, where are they going to be? Um, look, I, I think it's... The start of the year is really too early for them to be challenging for race wins. I think really top 15 is probably a good starting point for them. Mercedes have got a really good, uh, you know, carryover with the, you know, the Stone Brothers, um, you know, already testing their car of the future and everything. And really it's, you know, it's just the aerodynamic testing and everything like that that needs to be done. Um, Look, I think they'll kind of come on strong the second half of the year. Um, may not be challenging for race wins, but definitely podiums. Uh, and Nissan, um, look, Nissan will want to start off um, strong, I think. But um, again, I think they'll they'll really kind of hit their straps uh, mid-year. How much focus, Clarky, do you think this year had taken away from it by Triple Eight to get Car of the Future ready first, and now? they have only had to worry about from winning the championship on preparing one car to do one job at Clipsal next year. Oh, 
Oh, look, I think that um, these teams, you know, FPR and your Triple Eights and Walkinshaws are big enough now to, to multitask. I mean, you know, they've all had engineers sitting back at the workshop working on Car of the Future while, you know, the, the race team's been off winning races and challenging for race wins, etc., etc. So, you know, I think for the big teams it makes no difference at all. Um, to me, for little teams, you know, aside from some redundancy of components and, you know, maybe trying to stretch a few things out a little bit longer, it shouldn't have made any difference at all because they're just going to take the technology that's developed by the uh, by the factories in a sense, you know. So, um, interestingly, you know, I think Triple Eight's done more of the uh, engineering on this car than the, than the factory Holden team in Walkinshaws. Um, so it's interesting. And, of course, we still don't know what the aero package is going to be for the new Commodore either. And, uh, you know, there will be changes to that as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting in itself. You know, let's uh, let's think that Ludo's found some weaknesses in the in the Holden uh, aero package, so that'll uh, could shake things up a little bit in itself. But uh, you know, I think yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of look back and I and I think you know, the, the the teams that have the class, have the numbers, have the dollars, have been ready for this thing for quite a while, and it's not going to scratch them one little bit. Um, the question to me is that. You know, I think you know, your second and third or your third spot on the podium and a couple of other spots like that, um, it's when will you know, a Gary Rogers Motorsport jump in and snag a spot or a Brad Jones Racing or any of those kind of things. Um, when will they pop up and take it? And I think you'll find they'll be a little more inconsistent than the top teams, um, but they'll have some pretty good weekends overall. Um, and as to this year, I don't think it's made one scrap of difference except perhaps to Kelly Racing. Interesting. I have heard a rumour, AJ, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, Kelly Racing is having a few problems with uh, their Nissan Patrol engine on the dyno and they've lunched a few. I had not heard that, but that, uh, that's very interesting. Um, look, I, I, I guess when you're testing a new engine or something that you've kind of built from scratch, you're always going to have these problems trying to you know, get the most out of it that you can, so it doesn't surprise me one little bit. What about you, Clarky? Had you heard that? I haven't heard that, but um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, when these things come out, the the, you know, the V8 engines that these guys are running are so under stressed that uh, I'd be surprised to see a massive amount of troubles from any team in the races. Mm. Um, you know, and yeah, uh, I mean, what's more interesting, I think you'll find is that, uh, that the process that was set aside for this was that uh, at the end of the races on uh, on Sunday at Sydney. The teams that were there, so um, you know, Stone Brothers had an engine impounded, and I think Kelly's had the same thing. They had an engine impounded, um, and that is going to be the benchmarking for the new engines that they're developing. So it will be on their dyno, and it will be to their specs, and it will match that engine. Um, and as I say, these engines are pretty understressed. You know, they could easily rev a thousand, two thousand revs more. Um, and uh, you won't see any problems at all from these things overall. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the Vet Insiders. Back with plenty more after this. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. 
Andrew Hawkins and Andrew Clark, AJ and Clarky here on the show as we uh, get set to move into 2013. And guys, before we leave 2012, what was the craziest headline you saw this year, AJ? Um, look, I, I I loved the whole Mercedes Nissan uh, entering Fiat Supercars and the Giz leaving. I mean, blew us all away. I think just to see such a talent walk away from the sport. So that that was it for me. Clarky, oh, I'm on the Giz. That was the one that grabbed me the most. Uh, you know, came from left field for me, and uh, yeah, just couldn't believe it was happening. And uh, you know, now that I know a little bit more about it, I can understand it. But uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it just took me took took me by surprise. And it's interesting because he's looking to go rallying now. So it's not as if he wants to get out of motorsport. He just wanted to get out of that situation. AJ. Yeah, it's it. Uh, it certainly seemed that way. And from the YouTube clips that I've seen of him, uh, you know, doing some rallying stuff, it looks like he's really enjoying it and probably doing. You know, we'll do a little bit of drifting as well. And look, he's young enough to 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 do that sort of stuff. So. Uh, we wish him all the best, and we hope to see him back in Vietz Supercars one day. But if not, you know, he's an entertaining uh, spectacle wherever he uh, ends up. Clarky, has he slammed the door shut on coming back? No, not at all. Not at all. He'll, um, I'd be absolutely surprised if he doesn't have a really good drive for Bathurst. Um, and I'd be quite surprised if he's not back hunting for a seat for 2014. What would you like to see as a headline in 2013, Clarky? Ambrose wins in Texas. Um, I'd like to see, you know, not knowing what their format is, but I reckon they're, uh, they're trying to do a dual driver race on the Sunday in Texas, and uh, I reckon it'd be great to see Ambrose back as a winner in, uh, in V8 Supercars. Mm. I will preface this by saying we are recording well before the date you're listening to it. In fact, we're recording this before Christmas. So as host broadcaster of V8 Supercars next year at Speed TV, AJ, what do you want to see in the uh, V8 Supercar headline for 2013, and I do say that in jest. Um, I would say uh, more winners uh, as a variety of winners. Um, you know, I want to see want to see Techno Motorsport up there for winners. I want to see BJR, you know, going for race wins. I want to see DGR going for race wins. Even Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. I want to see them up the front, up the pointy end. You know, and plus. I want to see V8 Supercars have a few more villains. Every sport needs heroes and villains. And, you know, I loved the Paul Dumbrell, Shane Van Gisbergen stink. I thought that was awesome, and I thought that was great for the sport. We need some more people to stand up and, you know, give the fans someone to absolutely jeer. I have you know, just... We need, need someone that all the fans can boo down the main straight whenever they go to a racetrack. That's, that and more Biff and Barge will bring people through the gates. I've just heard from Shepparton and our good friend and, and former colleague, Gavin McGrath, is just cheering because he was adamant that uh, Rick Kelly needed to wear, start wearing a black hat and becoming a pantomime villain. So, AJ, <laughs> you've just won a friend over there. Oh, look, I, you know, as I say, every sport needs these hero and villains. Viet Supercars is no different. And the, 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 there's some drivers that really need to embrace it, not fight it, embrace it. People love it. Bring it on. Yeah, see, what you'd like to see is that people actually you know, get disliked because of some of the things they do on the track rather than the fact that they've got the personality of a tool. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Guys, it's interesting because uh, I spoke to Stoney a few weeks ago and he said, thank goodness Russell Ingall's staying on because at least he's got a bit of a personality about him. And 
he's not a pretty boy, so there's something to draw. And I thought that, that was a great reason for saying Russell Ingall should extend his career. <laughs> as good as any. <laughs> well, I think there's a few young drivers in the Dunlop series that could, could easily, you know, be a, get, get under people's skin and be a villain uh, if, if they wanted to be, have a little bit more personality. I think there's some uh, guys in the Dunlop series who could easily step up into the main game and stir things up a bit. See, the problem is that you know, with the PR people these days, they're just wiping any of this stuff out of the sport because none of them want to be seen as being attached to the the bad man or the you know the bloke or whatever. So they wipe personalities out of people. You know, these PR guys, they're just bloody vanilla siding the thing. So, you know, I reckon let him go. I mean, yeah, you know, what do we enjoy about David Reynolds? It's the fact that he's he's fresh. He's got no no qualms at all about saying whatever's on his mind. Um, sometimes he kind of wonders why he said it afterwards, but it's great. You know, as journos, it gives us something to write about, something to talk about, you know, and you think, you know, Greg Murphy's gone, um, you know, Russell Ingall's gone, and then we're left with the only person who's got a personality um, will be Dave Reynolds and James Courtney, and that's it. The rest of them will just be cut these, you know, bunch of vanilla. Mm, at least James Moffat will get out there and, you know, beat some people up on the track. So maybe he's angling for the enforcer role in the next lot of super cheap auto uh, ads because he's about the only one that just is out there trying to put in a, you know, a solid biff and barge. Well, he grew up with his dad who had the black hat on his whole life, so, you know, why should he be any different? <laughs> you reckon he's just sizing it up? Oh, I think, you know, you look at Moffat and Brock era, you know, and Moffat was the one everybody booed and hated and all those kind of things, you know, because he just did what he did. And, uh, you know, I think it's great if Moffat does the same kind of deal, you know. Hopefully at, um, at Nissan we'll get to see him exposed a bit more in terms of, uh, you know, public and, and talking and uh, all of those kind of things. So I don't think we get to see that much of him um, as he was sitting there floundering away at DJR. Mm. Of course, AJ, that was, that was a funny Friday, wasn't it, when uh, Moff was over there just sizing up the car he'll be driving next year? Absolutely. It was a it was a great moment, and we're lucky we had the uh, the Speed TV uh, iPhone out ready to, to capture the image. Um, and we went ballistic on our Facebook page, which is great. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, it was a... You know, a moment that you couldn't script. You know, it was just one of those things where it just heat of the moment. You know, happened, and it was a fantastic moment just to sit and watch. And you know, I, I hate personally hate this time of year where you've got you know your you know all the drivers contracted to the 31st to the 12th. I think as soon as the last race is done, they've done the commitments. Let them change brands or change makes if they need to. Everyone knows who's you know most of the the silly season talk is is around that most people are aware of who's going where they just you know hide it until after the after the, the you know the 31st the 12th I reckon and, leave them open but, and that's exactly it I mean footballers don't sign contracts on calendar years they find, sign contracts based on seasons and I think it should be the same for these drivers I mean having to sit around for weeks waiting for announcements is just stupid it's ludicrous Mm. And, uh, even the fact that you know deals can be done during the year and they're not allowed to talk about it because of you know it might upset somebody or it might you know whack this out away you know just get over it guys you know at the end of the day if somebody's talking about you and they're talking about the support that's a great thing um, instead of thinking you've got to control everything uh, it's just as I say these PR people and you know whatever they they irritate me half the time but I love you all. <laughs> and on that note, I hope you both had a fantastic Christmas and look forward to catching up with you. Uh, I guess it'll be out there at Sydney Motorsport Park, located at Eastern Creek, for the test day in February. All right, see you later. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks very much.
Thanks very much, AJ and Clarkie. The White Flag Lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. It's part two of our interview with Roland Dane. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lab, brought to you by Fujitsu, Australia's leading air. We continue our chat with Roland Dane. Of course, Dane picked up the old Briggs Motorsport team, then immediately brought Craig Lowndes on board. Obviously, the next choice was who do you pair with Craig Lowndes? Roland chose Jamie Wincup, which has, of course, turned out to be a fantastic choice. And I asked Roland about how he made the decision to bring Jamie Winkup back into the main game. Look, that, that's exactly what I was looking for. Was uh, I spoke to uh, Winterbottom, to Will Davidson, and to Jamie as the three key candidates, if you like, for that um, position for a young bloke. Come in and back up Craig uh, to win Bathurst. To be honest, that's all I cared about was winning Bathurst. Um, Jamie done that standing job, but he was also hungry. Um, he didn't have crazy demands uh, money-wise. He was happy to be completely flexible and uh, prove himself and frankly that's what he did. He had a, to be honest, apart from winning Clipsal first time out and winning Bathurst with Craig um, his year was was uh, middling. Yeah, it wasn't bad but it wasn't brilliant. Uh, 2007 he came of age when he got his head around it. Um, he had new engineering relationship uh, built on that and understood that where he needed to be better, and then he went away and worked at it. And nobody works harder in driver land at being a driver than Jamie does. How impressed are you with the way that he has developed as a, not only a race driver but as a man? Yeah, I mean, Jamie's um, he's now one of the greats of Australian motorsport, unquestionably. Uh, he's matured a lot. Um, he's uh, had some knocks you know, in his life now, which... Uh, frankly tends to make people grow up he's come out of it stronger he's better driver um, each year that's gone by um, and you know he's um, he'll be 30 soon he can't really afford to um, to let up because you saw today in the and you've seen over the course of this year in the development series probably four of the best young blokes that we've ever seen in that series in terms of uh, Scotty McLaughlin, Scott Pye, um, Chas Mostert and, and Nick Perkett. Uh, they deserve to be in the main championship tomorrow. Uh, young blokes come along. Uh, You've got to watch your back. Uh, but if anyone can watch that and, and keep on growing, it's Jamie. And importantly for you as a team owner, you're looking now with Scott Pye developing him through. You know that Craig is closer to the end than the beginning. So obviously that is where you're working as a team, looking at you're going to have to have a generational change in the next five years? Uh, I don't know when it'll be, to be honest. Um, uh, Scotty's impressed me all the way along, uh, but uh, Craig shows no sign of getting any slower. Uh, you know, he won yesterday. He's had eight wins this year. 
Um, he won at Sandown. He was strong at Bathurst. Um, he's uh, Craig has uh, been exceptionally consistent over many years, and um, there's no way I want to allow Craig to, you know, go off and and um, look after cattle or something for the next few years. He's uh, he's got no alternative but to uh, keep on driving. I hope for as long as possible. I know Bathurst is special to you, the one two at Bathurst particularly. Mm. Has there been a better win for the team? Oh, look, um, the, the high point of, uh, of the last nine years for me um, is undoubtedly the one two at Abu Dhabi in uh, 2010 when we rolled out um, two new Holdens. And I think that hit everyone between the eyes and pit lane. Uh, that um, the Holdens uh, could be, you know, built by us, run by us, and come out and smash everyone was, um, frankly, uh, one of my probably the proudest um, moment I've had in in motorsport. Um, and then after that, probably the the one two in in 2010 at uh, Bathurst. But the uh, uh, what we did at Abu Dhabi and winning, in fact, four races on the trot at the beginning of that year. But that Abu Dhabi 1-2 in the first race was an outstanding achievement by an exceptional group of people. Was at any at the start of this year, was the pressure to get the car of the future ready by August, did it have any influence or any effect on the team? Yes, it had, a, um, it had an effect. Uh, we were trying to do that, and I had to... Um, I suppose refocus everyone after Phillip Island at the end of May, um, uh, which I hope I did, and um, refocus them because on firstly we needed to be winning races. Holden expected us to be winning, um, and we hadn't really won. You know, we'd won a couple of races this um, in the early part of the year, and then we'd had a, you know we'd had podiums, but we hadn't had wins. And then we um, uh, clearly um, needed to step up. And F- FPR were consistently beating us. So I also needed the help of the, of the guys in securing a new title sponsor. I mean, I'd known for some time that I'd have to, but they didn't. And then I, when I was able to tell them, um, everyone went the, the extra mile uh, and drivers down to you know, the van driver. Uh, in the in the business, uh, raised the game and um, and came to the party and gave us uh, 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 really um, all the extra effort we needed to be able to go out and and then have a an amazing run since um, since I I said that to everyone at the end of May. Um, you know, there's two races we we haven't won and we've been second in both of them. My thanks once again to Roland Dane, also to Andrew Clark and Andrew Hawkins. As the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, I hope you had a great Christmas. Look forward to speaking to you again in 2013. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.